0: Welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night?
1: Hi, this is Jim Deverin from the Think Factory and we're recording a fintech focused podcast with Stephanie Yu from Uplift Upgrade. And Stephanie, if you would, could you introduce yourself and talk about what you're doing in the marketplace?
0: Sure. Uh, first of all, happy to be here with you today, Jim. Um, Stephanie you, I'm the director of product at Upgrade, previously Uplift, and we were acquired by Upgrade late July this year. Uplift uh, is a category leader in the travel by not pay later space. We are directly integrated with over uh, 250 travel merchants. These are the largest airlines, cruise lines, and merchants uh, selling, you know, vacation packages, etc. Uh, we offer flexible payment options to the travelers. And I oversee the product development uh, for our core buy not pay later product uh, at Uplift. Uh, that's our Uplift pay monthly product. And prior to that, I started my career at um, Moody's Analytics, the uh, software arm uh, for the rating agency. And uh, I had a number of roles uh, just building data analytical products for financial institutions, mainly for their uh, lending business and their credit portfolio management.
1: That's really interesting. So it's uh, quite a change step from the analytical side into the world of embedded finance. Yeah. How has your market reception been? Is it a concept that your 150 clients get when you turn up or is it an education process? I, I know we were talking about the fact that embedded finance seems to be a word that is really getting talked about a lot now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think, particularly for buy now pay later, it is uh, really the you know perfect example of embedded finance. Um, it has, you know, taken hold uh, in on the consumer financing really for its flexibility and also the seamless integration uh, in the checkout uh, flow. At Uplift, uh, we help travelers uh, make software for uh, purchases um, through the flexible payment options. Just to give you a concrete example, how this can look like uh, in real life. As a traveler, and you might be looking for to take your family a once a lifetime trip to Alaska. It could be for any vacations, celebrating uh, college graduation or anniversaries with your significant other. Uh, you will go on to the Cruise planner website and look for the travel itinerary that works for you. And depends on the itinerary, it can get expensive, uh, particularly if you have a family of four, Um, and that's where, you know, Uplift comes in. We break down the upfront uh, large expenses into monthly, um, installment payments. We take the largest uh, barrier to entry out of your trip planning process. So you can take the trip you want and take your kids to explore the world, create wonderful life experiences that truly matter. And the application itself is seamless, embedded in that, you know, checkout experience. Um, application is easy. The decisioning is instant. We offer a few options to consumers to pay off their uh, balances in a pre-agreed uh, upon time frame upfront. We offer installment plans ranging from three to twenty-four months. Uh, we make sure the cost is clear and fixed at the time of someone making the purchase uh, with simple interest and in predictable payment. No late fee uh, ever, as opposed to you know the traditional. Credit cards that could be charging interest on a revolving balance uh, month to months. In other words, uh, interest on interest. With Uplift, you always know you know how much you're paying and when at the time of the, uh, your purchase. There's no surprises uh, to how much you will be paying uh, later down the road.
1: That's a real differentiator from doing it as a credit card transaction, isn't it? That the interest rate is either low or zero.
0: Exactly. Uh, so we offer, you know, two types of uh, financing options um, based on essentially what our merchant partners uh, will be able to offer. Um, you know, um, typically if uh, our merchant partners have inventories and have budgets uh, for a particular you know, set of their inventory, they will run zero percent uh, financing, meaning the consumers are not paying for any interest uh in addition to just the trip a month, and the merchant is the one subsidizing uh, for that zero percent financing, and then we also offer, you know, the interest uh, bearing offers uh, for, you know, anywhere between three to 24 months, so that consumers have the option to also pay, you know, with the plans that make sense for them.
1: That's great and it just the operations of fintechs always fascinate me having come from uh, various fintechs and I guess how long did it take to go from zero to 150 customers and how do you grow the organization uh, as the number of customers the number of products grows?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we really see our growth strategy uh, being you know three pronged um, you know the main one being uh, by growing our uh, merchant relationships, we really serve our travel merchant partners, and we grow as the travel industry really rebounded uh, post-pandemic. the pandemic. And in the past three years, we've seen tremendous growth as people want to travel, more travel inventories uh, on the market. There's uh, also even more demand, I would say, uh, than just what's available for uh, People to choose from uh, thinking about, you know, just how expensive now is uh, to actually book a airline ticket um, just because there's just so much demand that uh, airlines can't keep up. Um, and so that's one uh, area for growth by onboarding more new partners. And then we also um, deepen our Uh, partner relationships by penetrating or providing making our product available on all their um, travel inventories. And then the third is uh, try to really innovate uh, with together with our partners to provide the flexible uh, payment options that works for the consumers.
1: Great. And how many people are you now?
0: Um, so in terms of uh, our company, we are uh, for the uplift arm, we're about 200 uh, staff, and then uh, for in terms of you know how many consumers we have served, we have served over 2 million uh, customers.
1: Wow, that's a lot. Uh, so you must be taking advantage of the best of technology to be able to service that many transactions.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. That's great. One of the, one of the things that we talked about earlier was innovate, and uh, just be. Keen to get your your overall impressions on uh, what the conference brought to you. Uh, what were the key themes that you saw being discussed there, and what benefit did you take out of it?
0: Yeah, uh, it was. I had a blast at uh, Finovate. There was a lot of really innovative companies uh, doing demos of their product. Uh, granted, early stage, but it was you know great to see uh, many innovations at the conference. And I think what uh, impressed me most is seeing how AI is having a moment uh, in the financial world. Uh, I always believe that AI has the potential to customize customer experience and improve efficiencies in the back office function uh, that is so critical to financial uh, services. So it was great to see that many of the innovations are on that front uh, at Innovatefall. Um AI is being used to really customize and personalize uh, many of the financial products in ways that have never been economical before. As an example, one of the uh startups presented at Innovated for All called BUD uh, is using AI to analyze a customer's um spending habit and flag areas that uh, they might be overspending on, you know, say non-essential categories. Uh, and then the AI would offer suggestions for improving these habits and find ways to save on certain uh, expenses. It's like having a, a personal finance coach at your fingertip uh, 24-7. I think the best part of this is it really can do uh, this in real time, continuously adapting uh, its recommendation as the person's financial situation changes, uh, the data has changed. Um, and another example of this is Chimney, uh, which actually won the Best of Show Award uh, this year at Finovey Fall. Uh, it uses AI to provide homeowners with actionable advice about their home value, uh, home equity, their borrowing power, and ultimately pre qualify homeowners uh, for credit products. It does so by combining, you know, financial house data from the consumer and also blending it with the homeowner's uh, property data. Um, it also empowers the financial institutions to make more personalized uh, loan recommendations and offers and faster and at a more attractive rate in this competitive, you know, home equity space. And uh just looking ahead, I think we will see more kind of AI applications in the premium financial services sectors like the uh, wealth management and the traditionally high service uh, functions like compliance. Uh, AI might not replace humans completely, but we could have, you know, human in the loop. But AI will still make a difference instead of us just relying on customer service reps.
1: See a future for AI at? And I know the answer to this, Uplift Upgrade. And is there anything you th- can tell us about your thoughts?
0: Yeah, for sure. This is definitely something that uh, we will take uh, advantage of and Upgrade. Uh, our mission is really to make responsible uh, financial products uh, for consumers and help them, um, you know, spend um responsibly and build a credit profile responsibly, and you will see more, um, you know, of the product that we push to the market that will leverage the AI element.
1: It's uh, really interesting because you're in a spot where I think if, if people sat and thought for an hour or two, you could really find great ways to link that with the buying experience
0: for sure. Yeah. And I, I think with Upgrade, um, it's um, the type of financial service we can uh, provide will be more powerful. And I guess just for um, people who are not might not be familiar with Upgrade, uh, Upgrade is a um, neobank um, fintech startup and it has really built, um, you know, a suite of financial products over uh, the past five years. And, uh, upgrade started with, uh, the personal loan product as its founders are, uh, you know, the founders of Lending Club, who is essentially the pioneers of, you know, online peer-to-peer lending. And, uh, you know, personal loan is the product that the founders know the best. And that's where, uh, the company has started. And since then, uh, the company has built, you know, a suite of financial products that include, uh, you know, auto loans and home improvement loans and high-yield, uh, Account as well as um, a suite of uh, card product uh, that I can um, get into a little bit later. Um, but you know, with uh, upgrade, the founder's vision is really to make sure we're building uh, financial products that. Uh, helps people to, you know, spend as well as, uh, you know, borrow responsibly, um, keep them on track and also give them rewards as they, uh, you know, act responsibly.
1: It's interesting because fintech passed its anything goes stages, I would call it. And I'm an older guy and I I equate it to the internet boom of the early 2000s when you had a ton of ideas that all got funded and within six months of the the bubble bursting, kind of sixty or seventy percent of them didn't pass the muster and went quietly away. Uh, what have you seen as a fintech and you know a growing financial services organization as the uh, the headwinds that you faced over the last year as the market has changed for fintechs?
0: Yeah, uh, Jim, you really nailed it on the head. Uh, you know, to if looking back on the past twelve months. Um, to say that uh, you know we, the market condition for the fintech has been volatile is a gross understatement. You know the Fed has raised raised rates uh, faster in this cycle than it ever has in its entire history. We had inflation level that we haven't seen since the 70s. We had a wage growth that we haven't seen since the early 90s. So it's a confluence of things, uh, and no doubt we're in uh, the economic reset. And the interest rate uh, hikes have for sure had a definitive uh, impact, particularly on uh, fintechs, especially the ones that uh, relied on the cheap money to fuel growth, uh, as you uh, somewhat alluded to. Um, And some startups close shop and uh, while others have emerged stronger and more resilient. And, uh, you know, I would say the ones that um, emerged stronger and more resilient are the ones not only, um, you know, leveraged the uh, technology, um, uh, the power of the technology, had great ideas, but also had the operating experience, uh, particularly for finance. Um, those are, you know, the companies that really stayed on, I think, um, Start, uh, upgrade is definitely one, and uh, you know we've also seen in that in the fundraise uh, environment as well, investors are demanding uh, core sustainable growth from uh, startups. Startups are expected to run more efficiently than growth at all costs. Um, Looking ahead, I think it might be a bit premature to say all is behind us. The great uh, rate debate is still ongoing. Uh, I think Fed is still uh, wrestling with, you know, what the right level of interest rate needs to be long term and it's could it could be anyone's guess uh, what that rate could be. Um, regardless, I think an elevated interest rate is here to stay for the foreseeable uh, future. Gone, uh, you know, the days of companies just borrowing money like it's free candies are over. Uh, companies will need to really focus on building solid fundamentals and a strong business model. And it will be a good thing in the long run because it really forces companies to build real value and create products that uh, customers really want and need.
1: Yeah, and to put those financial models behind them that are sustainable, don't bet the bank, as we used to say, that when uh, – the term I always come back to is every, it seems every time there's a pending financial crisis, everyone in the industry believes that we're getting a soft landing. <laughs> I always <laughs> say when you hear the term soft landing, it's time to head for the hills. I guess I would say in your own business, did they, uh, the post pandemic inflation, consumers having to deal with that kind of record high borrowings, that must be in your type of business, something that month to month leaves you with a lot of what if, Type of questions and what's the the impact on volume going to be and uh, as a team how do you address how did you navigate through them?
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I think you know we have our we have built our own proprietary underwriting model and uh, I think one big advantage for um, BMPL industry is um, it's a relatively quick turnaround product so we will be able to uh, you know not only to adjust our underwriting criteria as we see how you know the market conditions has changed um, but also um, be able to very relatively quickly see how these loans are performing uh, as these are you know typically under a year um, term loans
1: you got to put your Moody's analytics uh education into practice for sure yeah coming out of tailwinds uh what's your outlook for the next year two years it sounds like you guys are headed for the stars
0: yeah uh, i think we touched upon um, you know the we'll see more ai applications in the financial service industry i continue to believe this will be the case for the next uh, 12 uh, to 24 months uh, I think embedded finance is here to stay as uh, we talked about, you know, um, you know, we'll see more innovations around how to embed uh, financial service in, uh, you know, just the job to be done or, you know, stuff to get done uh, for, um, you know, consumers and business alike. And, uh, and I particularly want to double click on the buy not pay later industry, uh, for the next 12 to 24 months, not only because it's my gem, um, but also, uh, it's been in the news lately as BNPL surges to an all time high as a percentage of, you know, the Black Friday in Cyber Monday sales. Uh, I think the stats based on Adobe analytics tracking, uh, was BNPL purchases this year was up, uh, 43%. And from a year ago um for the same period, but if we zoom out um you know just a little bit uh takes that back. And um, today BNPL is still in the early innings in terms of gaining that overall uh, share of the um, checkout wallet. In US uh, online e-commerce, BNPL is about five to six percent of the overall transaction volume. Uh, in markets where BNPL is more established, say um Australia or Europe, it has uh, perhaps a market share anywhere between 10 to 20 percent. Um, so it's poised to become an even bigger part of the e-commerce landscape in the future for its convenience as well as uh, the embeddedness in the checkout flow and it's not just ab- uh, about online transactions we're also seeing BNPL showing up in uh, brick and mortar stores so um, it will be a huge opportunity for you know traditional financial institutions and new banks to uh, take advantage of uh, in the next 12 to 24 months. And on a very much related note, we will also see, um, you know, an emergence of a hybrid credit cards. Uh, it's a new type of credit product that we're seeing uh, coming onto the market that combines the feature of a traditional credit card with the features of a buy now, pay later plan. It gives, you know, consumers the flexibility to make purchases, always a BMPL um, installment plan, or just carry a balance from month to month, uh, like a typical credit card, in enjoy the benefits that come with the credit cards, uh, like rewards. And ultimately, consumers get the choice between you know, two different options um, based on their preference and financial situations. And one example of this is the Upgrade One card. It's a credit card and debit card all in one. And consumer has the option to pay now or pay later, uh, use the credit only when they need it, and turn every purchase, uh, into a monthly payment, uh, installments, very much the, uh, you know, BNPL value prop, but also, uh, with a broader reach, like any card products, it's accepted at millions of merchants, uh, point of sale terminals. Um, and I, I think as a, co- as company try to, you know, compete each other with better products and better features, um, uh, ultimately we'll see more of these, you know, hybrid, uh, Credit card card innovations that will be good for the consumers. Um, you know more optionality, more you know options to choose from. Overall, it will be great for the consumer finance.
1: I've seen these cards before, and I think many of them that are on the market are best value for the credit card company, but not necessarily good value for the consumer. Only because you know the inter- interchange fee is embedded in the credit card transaction, and then I think that the credit card logic is that if you turn it into an installment, you're also getting slightly lower rate than you are on the headline credit card rate, but you hang the balance out for a longer period of time. So I think for a firm like yours that can come in with a low cost operation model, strong merchant relationships, there's a much better product that that can be offered uh, and and gain market share.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh we are definitely um, you know, trying to pass on all these, uh, you know, awards uh, to our consumers so that, um, you know, it's, you know, we're lowering essentially the transaction costs for the consumer ultimately.
1: That's great. Uh, one other thing that fascinates me is I'd imagine that Upgrade, who I know less about than Uplift must have a significant customer base that, that would provide both the customer bases should provide synergies for growth to the other.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we see a ton of opportunities um, to cross out, um, you know, in the future. Uh, I think uh, right now um, the focus is really how do we uh, integrate uh, the two companies' product, making sure we provide a seamless um you know service to our uh, both of our um you know consumer base um so there's no confusion, you know who am I banking with who uh, who am I uh, you know borrowing with, and the consumers will only be um they only need to care about what's my payment plan uh, when is my uh, next payment due, making sure you know they are on their, on track to their financial goals and not to have to worry about who uh, they will need to call today.
1: That's great, that's great. I think we're at about time, so I'll let you give a parting quote. What do you want people to remember about Upgrade and Uplift? Then we can can wrap it up. And it's been extremely interesting talking to you. I learned learned a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, I will give um, you know the uh, mission uh, for from Uplift. We are here to create a financial product um, to help you uh, with the experiences, life experiences that matter uh, to you.
1: Simple and says it all, I think. So with that, we'll wrap up. And you're certainly a company that I'll follow as uh, time progresses, because I think you're doing something really unique in the market. Thank you. Yeah, have a wonderful day.
0: Thanks, Jim.